everyone to poke and kush it is friday december 30th and did you miss us we've been gone for almost two weeks and we are happy happy to be back from the bud light tangerine crescent canna studios merry christmas only it's the only (laughs) holiday If you don't say Merry Christmas, you basically hate America. There's a war on Christmas. Yeah. That's why when you go anywhere, there's Santa Claus and Jingle Bells and Candy Canes. Uh, happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, Ramadan, that's in there. Is it? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, yeah. Merry Christmas to you and Thank your family. You. Jewish families love Christmas. I have no problem with Christmas. We are Santa Claus to the tits at the Kushner Estate. <laughs> There's no nativity scene, but we've got a whole lot of Santa Claus. Yeah, you've you're in a swandling bundle or whatever <laughs> it is. You're the nativity. It's literally just Christmas now. When once you remove the nativity scene, mm-hmm. which pretty much has been removed from the general culture. If I have anything to do with it, yeah. <laughs> Once you remove that, it's basically just the 4th of July with different colors. Yeah. Like, it's essentially just an American, you know, like, it's a commercial, it's, you know, it's feelings about colors and snow, and it's it's nice, and it makes you feel happy, but it truly, honest to God, does not feel religious to me anymore whatsoever. It is a Christian (laughs) Toyota-thon. People just want stuff, and that's it. They want to get drunk. They want to sing some songs. Yeah, and that's it. It's like sports fandom, you know. It's yeah. like you're gonna wear the colors. We're gonna do the traditions. We, sure you know, it's a fight song. Yeah. You know? we get jingle bells, the fight song, and you know, you, then you, you know, you show up, you do the thing that you do every year. Everyone yep. slaps hands and call it a win, and you move on to next year. It was uh, it was a good one for uh, me. Yeah, it's been great. How was uh, where did you guys go? I went to New York City. New York City. Ever heard of it? Oh, what the, what they say about the podcast there? Uh, they told me to get out. <laughs> uh, we met, we flew there on uh, the last flight leaving New Orleans. <laughs> we were not on Southwest, thank God. We got there at the brim of the storm. It was eight degrees. Oh my uh, god! When we got to the hotel. And, uh, you know, a, a human being is just not prepared for that. I that, like, hurts your stomach, doesn't it? That's, like, really cold. Yeah, I had, like, some cold gear stuff from spending some time in Colorado when it was, like, in 15 to 20. Yeah. But when it gets that low, each degree is very noticeable. <laughs> yeah. And I, of course, wanted to see the site, so I walked to 7-Eleven at like midnight <laughs> when we got there, when it was actually eight degrees, and I came back a changed man. <laughs> like, yeah, as in uh, your manhood was inside of your own body. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that 
it gets, I think I was there when it was in the 20s. And, and like, it is colder there than most other places because that wind just whips between the buildings. And, uh, dude, all the power, too. But I'm, I got better, right? Like there wasn't, it wasn't it, that cold the whole it time. It warmed right? up a little bit. It was around the 30s when we left. I don't know. Like, New York is a functioning city. Like, we were able to get, like, Ubers to come right to our door and take us to the Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> Statue of Liberty. <laughs> The statue of Cuomo, all the places we went, it was really easy to get around, and uh, you know, you just bundle up, and then you go do stuff. Yeah. It was really fun. We had, There's a great Chili's in Times Square. Yeah, yeah. I was dressed up as Elmo outside of it, taking pictures <laughs> with the kids. The only touristy thing we did was we went to the Rockefeller and ice skated. And then we walked down to the Macy's storefront where yeah. they had all the window displays and stuff. You would think Macy's, synonymous with Christmas, correct? Mm-hmm. The displays, the reindeer, all that shit. Closed on Christmas. That seems antithetical. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of, you know, it's me and 500 people from Korea banging on the door. <laughs> like, sell us Legos. <laughs> we didn't get to do that. How was the ice skating? Uh, ice skating was good. That thing is tiny, isn't it? It's it's smaller than you would think. Yeah. They they do it at times. Like we were with the noon group, so they threw us out there. What was off putting was it is not Christmas carols. It's not Jim Neighbors Christmas playing out there. It was like Jimmy Eat World and <laughs> Phil Collins. <laughs> we were like skating around at like Allison Road by Gin Blossoms. <laughs> So you guys don't know your audience out here. It was odd. It was very <laughs> odd. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those dumb things you do. It's, I saw tons of Cush-like families out there. Oh, that yes. were just miserable. <laughs> they would have, if there was like a switch they could have flipped for $1,000 to be anywhere else, all of them would have done it immediately. I've I've been there enough in December to know that I will never take my kids there uh, when they're under 25 uh, to New York, yeah. During Christmas season, that sounds absolutely horrendous. Everything is so it's like shoulder to shoulder packed to look at nothing. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't super packed because of how cold it was. Uh, but you know, we had a good win. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just been getting drunk mostly the last. Like you know, I I don't do anything. I have mm-hmm. no life, and uh, you know, I'm stuck inside with three kids all day. And then for whatever reason, Christmas season happens. And I have like six dinners that I have to go to every year. And they all are just like, hey, you should get as drunk as humanly possible at this thing. So all I've done is just gained 20 pounds. That's great. Month. That's all I've done. It's been awesome. I've had a wonderful month. It's been a fantastic time. But that's really all I've done. I've gone to every restaurant in this city that has, uh, you know, like that where you have two waiters for the table. I've been to every one of them this year uh, in the last month. And uh Spent a, for a small fortune and uh, had a great time. I haven't been to a restaurant with one waiter in this city. <laughs> You're out there with the Bill Brasky crew getting <laughs> bottle service. It has been a uh, a real. It's been a real bender. Yeah, yeah. It's been a real, real bender. You look of a month. great. You look the same. Do I? Because I'm just so. falling asleep all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> I was watching. A, uh, one of my kids was playing, like just kind of watching the tablet next to me, and I was just you know looking at my phone. And then the next thing I knew, I woke up and he was gone. <laughs> I was like, 
oh god, how long have I been asleep for? It'd been like thirty minutes. Have you found him since? Yeah, he was okay. he was around. He didn't he didn't. There's not many places for him to go. Thankfully, he was just puttering about. <laughs> like this is that was scary. I was full on narcolepsy. I'm pretty sure. I was like, no bueno. I. I have not imbibed in alcohol in quite some time, but in New York City, we went to a sober bar. Oh, fun. Which, um, I'm not going to say the name. It had a silly name that was witchcraft The Straight Edge Saloon. Yeah. The Loser's Cove. (laughs) (laughs) We went in. Virginity Corner, yes. We went in, and the uh, the bartender uh, was wearing uh, Halloween like pajamas. Oh boy! This was on Christmas Eve. <laughs> they were playing like Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack, oh, and boy. she greets us with Happy Halloween, everybody. Oh God! And then, what do you do? Of course, we're, we're the only people in there. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was one other fellow, and she was like, this is Steve. He does the tarot card readings if you guys need one. It's like, nobody needs one. Would you like to play Connect Four? I have a few cards to draw about the future of this business. (laughs) You could just serve alcohol and still let people in that don't drink. Yeah. I think think they are probably drinking alcohol (laughs) to get through the evening there. They're just doing needle drugs in the uh, in the bathroom. Yeah, so I had my Guinness Zero and got out of there. Is it really like they were selling non-alcoholic beer exclusively in the bar? Yeah, uh, it's it's all like mocktails, and, which isn't crazy. There there's a place in New Orleans that do, there's an oxygen bar in New Orleans that yeah. does like mocktails. I mean, and the stuff. idea of mocktails isn't stupid. You should just also have cocktails. Yeah. This like, place did not. It, it implies that everyone you're with does not want to drink. Yeah, I think that's kind of like, uh, it's like a sober first date place. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to read the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, you go to a coffee shop. <laughs> at a place that has the exact same qualities as a gas station with seating. <laughs> that's, yes, we went to the Exxon for our first date. <laughs> We had the potato logs. Uh, yeah, man, uh, it's New York is fun, man. But that eight degrees, I don't think I. That's one of those where like it, the weather was so bad that I think I just would have been funny. Where it's like there's just you have no chance, you know, except for if your house caught on fire, that would yeah. be bad. But it was like it was so bad. God, I have like coughed into this microphone one thousand times in the last six weeks i was thinking how i need to market so i know because i just wrap them up and throw them in the box i i am so close to trying and you're such a little germaphobe because <laughs> you're you know like a neat put together man and i am this <laughs> slobbity old dad who's falling asleep at the drop of a hat uh yeah you know we're it, the goofus and gallant <laughs> of new orleans sports podcasting uh, oh man I don't know what I was even saying, but you were coughing violently into the mic. I did that. I definitely did that. So that'll that'll up the ratings. We can see on Spotify exactly where you all stopped listening. This seems like a good moment. That's true. We got the Spotify like podcast wrapped, and it was like you know you had ten million listeners, five hundred finished an episode. (laughs) Oh, good. Your top listeners, and you know, like guns. Nail files. <laughs> uh, they uh, Spotify does a good job. Yeah, listen on Spotify. 
Yeah. We have much more information about you. If Apple you tells us nothing. Yeah. They Apple. keep all that data for themselves. Yeah. And they sell it to China. China. <laughs> they sell it to them, and then they use it to bomb our country. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening on iTunes, I'm not saying that you're, you know, part of the one China conspiracy. I'm just saying that eventually it'll get there. I saw that we had some listens in Germany and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then literally somebody messaged me and they're like, hey, I'm in Germany and listen to your <laughs> podcast. I was like, oh, I was hoping it's more than just you. <laughs> But it's definitely just you. Just you, yeah. Guy I know who visited Germany. Lady. Lady. Yeah. That must be fun, being a woman <laughs> listening to this podcast. In That's Germany. not related to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, not everything is, uh, you know, is dire here in the, the city of New Orleans. The news is very bleak overall, but... There is one thing that is uh, unquestionably a W, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans. They are, uh, as the kids say, in fuego. They have won, is it four in a row? Yes. Four in a row. Uh, the last couple have been at home. Uh, they beat Oklahoma City on the road, came home, and uh, really had a great game against Indiana with like pretty much the entire bench. And then held on uh, against the Timberwolves last night in probably one of the most stirring regular season games in the history of this franchise. Zion Williamson scored the last 13 points, uh, including a steal, go coast to coast. As much fun as I can remember a, a Pelicans regular season game ever being. That was the most fun I've had watching a game in my house. It yeah. was electric. Yeah. It, it, it felt like something was happening with Zion. I mean, those 13 points at the end, when he got that steal and was just like like snorting like a bull i know it's like this man has become the terminator yes this guy is not only in the running for mvp this is the dude we have been talking about for years wanting to see him unleashed and he has unleashed it he is a uh, a goddamn monster is what he is he is stronger than everyone on the court he is quicker than everyone on the court and at some point those two things make it so that you're very tough to stop. And even when Minnesota had Rudy Gobert, the best defensive center in the NBA, who I saw at dinner the night before, oh. uh, <laughs> he sits he sits in a regular chair. Like, you know, my, it's not like my neck is at the table, right? And his knees are literally, he looks at like the way I do at my kid's class. You know, like the two-year-old classroom, they have the little bitty chairs. That's how he looks at a regular seat. Like he's just, he's hunched up. His knees are like up to his, you know, his like tits. And it's, I was like, this is how you live your whole life? Anyway, he got his, you know, he got shat upon by Zion Williamson at the rim. Uh, it was incredible. The scene was incredible. The Pelicans did not play great uh, by any stretch that game. Minnesota kind of had their number, and then he just took over in the fourth quarter. Uh, really, the the dream of everyone, the minute the lottery ball hit that year, that this was the night that they were waiting for, right? was like, this is who this dude is supposed to be, which is to take over a game and single-handedly pull you to wins and do it in a fashion that you don't ever see. And it was uh, it was really something, man. 
It was a step in the evolution of Zion because he's always had the physical ability to do everything he did against Minnesota. But having the maturity and the sense and his coach having Willie Green having the trust in him to keep him out out there and let him just go off like you have to be in a mindset to switch that on and go, it's my game. Yeah, it's my team. And I'm doing this. Yeah. And he was able to do that. It's kind of a blessing Brandon Ingram's not there. I know that's like down the road it won't be, but I don't know if Zion has to do that kind of shit if Brandon Ingram is there. Like mm-hmm. he has a lot more guys to just kind of spread the ball around. And credit to CJ McCollum for not getting in Zion's way at all <laughs> as that fourth quarter was going on. It was like, no, young fellow, this is your game. You go kill him. I don't know if Ingram would have done that, and I don't know if, if Zion would have been so aggressive and going after it if Ingram was standing out there open in some other spot on the floor. Uh, so in that way, seeing this evolution from him, knowing that he has the ability to do this, uh, is part and parcel to Brandon Ingram being out for, has it been a month now? Over a month. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time without Brandon Ingram, and Zion's playing unquestionably the best basketball of his young career. You know, I think he's still played, what, like less than 120 games. So he's playing spectacular right now. And I think he's learned a lot about himself because B.I.'s not there. Yeah, definitely. I don't think, I mean, like, for the playoffs or whatever this year, that's probably a bad thing because you want them to get chemistry or whatever. But for the overall, like, trajectory of Zion and who he can be, I think it's a positive. Yeah, I mean, nobody is complaining about Brandon Ingram being out right now, and I think that could come back to bite Brandon Ingram in the ass at some point. Yeah. When you've got Zion playing like this, and you have the goof troop coming off the bench, (laughs) and, you know, we've talked about a different star every night, but when you have Jackson Hayes being player of the game with what this team is doing right now, you start to question what this, what they need going forward, yeah. And what they need uh, with Zion right now is some durability and some consistency. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it has been a month and five days since Brandon Ingram last played for a toe contusion. I'm not saying they don't need him because at some point they are going to need him. And look, the, they lost four straight games and. We happen to not have a show that week. They lost four straight games, mm-hmm. two at Utah. Uh, they blew a giant lead against Phoenix, and then they got kind of outclassed by Milwaukee. And it was like, look, this is what happens when you don't have a guy like Brandon Ingram, when you are missing you know, an all-star caliber player uh, for an extended period of time. You're going to have nights that you know where things should have gone differently, but you didn't have your dudes. But what I'm seeing is also like, you don't need a guy like Ingram necessarily and that it should theoretically open up your concept of what how to improve this team going forward. I'm not necessarily saying this season, but as you go in the offseason, as you certainly like next year's trade deadline, like you now know what Zion is capable of in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like he can win you games and shit the bottom of this of this roster can win you games on the right night, you know? Mm-hmm. Um they are going to need someone who helps exclusively in the playoffs. And it might not be Ingram and Zion. That might not be the combination that does it. And maybe it is like, 
you know, take a shot. Like, will we talk about this summer for six different episodes with Kevin Durant, right? And every one of these Pelicans fans was like, do not trade Brandon Ingram for Kevin Durant because the ceiling for Ingram is a lot higher than the ceiling for Durant as far as, you know, how much room they have to get there. That might not matter. You might have a shot if you can trade in the next year or two for someone like that, not necessarily Durant, but if you have the opportunity to give up Ingram, you've seen what Zion can do. And uh, and I think it just changes the way that it's calibrated. I do think nothing will happen this season, none of that at all, and, and they need to get Ingram back at some point. But overall, I, I think it changes the tenor of how these Pelicans should be viewed. The narrative should not be the Pelicans need exactly Brandon Ingram in order to win big because they don't. Yeah, and we've seen the narrative change already this season. At the beginning of the season, people were very vocal. This is still Brandon Ingram's team. Yes. He is the leader. I think you would be very hard-pressed to find anybody now that would still say that. He's not. This is Zion's team. It is, and it should be Zion's team. Zion Williamson is a more talented basketball player than Brandon Ingram. That's not a knock on Brandon Ingram. Zion Williamson is a more talented basketball player than just about everybody in the NBA. Absolutely. Like, it is not a knock on B.I. at all. B.I. is a very good player. He is, he is not a complete, stone-cold, one-of-one, unique freak the way that Zion is. There's Luka Doncic. There's Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. There's Kevin Durant. There's Zion Williamson. These are guys that are uncreatable. And any like they have never existed before. They will probably need another one. Like no one ever liked them again. Because um, Steph Curry is a great player. Like obviously he's an amazing player. But there's probably going to be another guy who shoots threes really, really well. Right. These handful of guys, there is nothing quite like them before, and probably won't be anything after. It's okay that Brandon Ingram is not that guy. And it's also okay that this is happening right now. The Pelicans are number one in the West. They answered a four-game losing streak with a four-game winning streak. Yes. You're seeing cohesion. You're seeing goofballs show up and play their asses off, and it's a new star every night. And Zion is becoming a behemoth. There is nothing to really complain about right now. No. This is opening up doorways and paths for the future. Exactly. And, you know, there's there is a talent like Brandon Ingram on this team. It would be absurd not to let it develop next to Zion. Yes. Because of health issues, it has not. Yep. That's not... That's just how it is. Yeah, no, that's no one's fault. Yeah. But it is... Uh, it's just been telling, I think. I think it's allowed Zion to blossom. And maybe you'll see Zion continue to blossom whenever Ingram gets back. I don't know what the hell's going on with this toe. It's a long time for a contused toe. It's not broken. They continue to say it's not broken, hmm. which makes it worse. Because you can't just do a surgery and fix a brute treatment they're giving it. And it's not. And they're not even like. Like, ah, we'll see if he plays tonight, and then ruling him out. They're ruling him out a day before the game. I want to see the toe. Yeah. <laughs> Is there some kind of science experiment that we can do? Can he show up in a flip-flop, <laughs> and we can take a gander at it? How about, for the Polk and Kush Nation, I take a hammer, <laughs> and I wallop my toe real good. How many whacks? As many as it takes. <laughs> 
in the hot tub. <laughs> I'm gonna contuse this thing until it can't be contused anymore. <laughs> And then we can have our own metric for the people. Who gets back sooner? Who gets back sooner? Me or Brandon Ingram? Yeah. And you can be doing workout drills, TikToks. We'd be huge on TikTok. I think he and I probably weigh about the same. And he's (laughs) about a foot taller than me. (laughs) I think I saw Gobert. I was like, this man is legitimately a foot and a half taller than me. Yeah. (laughs) He's a human being, an adult man. Just like I am. Where were y'all eating? Uh, the the St. Vincent Hotel. Oh, goodness. Yes, yes. Uh, it was fantastic. Did they think you were somebody's dad? Why did they let you in there? <laughs> Your chaperoning prom? Were you wearing a sweater? <laughs> yes. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, man. I don't know when Ingram is going to be able to get back. Like, they're not even pretending it's close. It's really freaking weird. And they're very lucky that the Pelicans are winning right now. If this was an eight-game losing streak, oh yeah, we would we would be pulling a shoe off. Oh yes, yes, and everyone would be like, "What the fuck? The transparency and the you know, whatever. you know, but Michael I, it would be me. That'd be me. Yeah, Michael Thomas was able to uh, become a phantom and disappear into the night, <laughs> so nobody was ever able to go. Hey, where he just disappeared forever. Yeah. And he's gone forever. Sure. Brandon Ingram is still around. Uh-huh. And he's walking around. <laughs> he's right there. He's smiling. He's high-fiving. He seems he doesn't seem unhappy. I don't think he's dogging it. I first thought he was just soft. I don't even think he's soft anymore. I think his toe is just pretty messed up. Because even if he was just soft, I think he'd have come back after a couple of games. Yeah. That would have been like the, he doesn't feel great, so he's not going to play. Like, there's... There's something going on here. He's got a new he's got a new disease. He's got COVID-19. <laughs> Jesus. It'll <laughs> be a jaywalking. <laughs> Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Uh yeah, man. We'll we'll see what's going on with them. The Pelicans, <laughs> the Pelicans will we. I mean, like I I actually think Ingram will probably be back in the next week or two and everything'll, you know, fall in the line. It'll be swept under the rug. Hopefully it's, the broom doesn't hit anybody's foot. Yeah, I I don't think it'll be that much longer, but you know, I've been wrong before. Um hmm. the, the them being in first place is kind of unbelievable. Over Denver or Memphis? I think they're on I think they're tied with Denver technically but have yeah. a you know whatever weird tiebreaker and then I think they're game and a half or so in front of Memphis. But anyway, it just shows how open the West is. I don't the Pelicans have not been like perfect by any means. They had some slow times mm-hmm. and a four game losing streak very recently to be number one. Like there's a lot of opportunity out there uh to get a really high seed. You know, in the playoffs you're gonna have to play Phoenix or Golden State or Luca or whatever it is and things will get a little more real. Uh but right now, it's like, yeah, the, the the teams that are having the best regular seasons are the teams, you know? It's right. not necessarily just an individual thing or, or, or teams that have, you know, such success. It's, it's, it's guys, teams with one through ten on the roster that seem to coalesce together, and the Pelicans are definitely in that number. Yeah, the West is interesting because the Pelicans... They want to win every single game. You can see it. They yes. desperately want to win every game because they haven't won that many games. Yeah. Golden State, they don't give a they shit. They don't care at all. 
I, I, it's really hard to tell what's going on with Dallas. Yeah. You say, like, get somebody around him. He's got a couple people around him, yeah. and they're okay. Nobody wants to face a lot of teams in the West. So the West have weird, not really telling records of how good they are, yeah. but there's just so many talented players yeah. that nobody wants to face. I don't get Phoenix stinks. Yeah, I mean, they won 64 games last year. They got bounced the second round. So yeah. I think they're like, all right, who cares about this? Yeah, but no, we'll still, figure it out in April. Yeah, nobody wants to play any of these teams right now. But, you know, you hope that doesn't work against the Pelicans and they face more injuries or they wear themselves out. What are you doing? Oh, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. That's a, uh, a valid concern and valid point. Um, you know, Things are good in Pelican land. I, I think any complaints we have are fairly minor. Uh, you go across the, the street to the Superdome. This team, I just want them to die. We're ready for the Philadelphia Eagles to k- pull out a very large shovel and like the Undertaker just bury them alive into the middle of the ground uh, on Sunday in Philadelphia. And how fitting after trading your first round pick. Uh, to the Eagles that they will likely kill your season. I mean, let's let's think about it. The Philadelphia, probably the best team in the NFL, mm-hmm. desperately need to win so they secure, I believe, the bye week. The home field for sure, yeah. Home field. And they're going to be playing the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Doesn't look good. No, it does not look good. Uh, credit the Saints for not... Laying down and uh, dying, not killing themselves. They, yeah. you know, they played two bad teams in the Falcons and the Browns, and they found ways to beat them. Uh, it was not pretty. It was barely fun. Um, Dennis Allen is still a horrific coach. I mean, just a horrific, horrific football coach. He went twenty six minutes of that game before realizing that Taysom Hill is who you have to get the ball. They threw the ball like four. He's gone however many minutes the season has been. <laughs> it's like it was four degrees. He's got Andy Dalton throwing three-step drops into like a monsoon. And it, I, I, what is going on? Like, what are you doing? And then it's like all of a sudden he figured out, I was like, oh, okay, this might work. And sure enough, like it turned on a switch. They just ran every taste and play. They ran the ball. Uh, they Went right down the field a couple times, and that was enough because the Browns suck. The defense still has some pride, and now they're still alive. Uh, I do not want them to make the playoffs. That is my hot take. Who has a lower approval rating, like Joe Biden or Dennis Allen? (laughs) If Dennis Allen, like, if I pulled into Jiffy Lube and Dennis Allen was the guy trying to sell me, like, the more expensive oil, I would leave. I would back out and leave. I've never had less faith or trust in anyone ever than I do in Dennis Allen coaching the New Orleans Saints. I just like, yeah, I would I completely agree. He has the personality of a Fig Newton. <laughs> there is no fire. There is no passion. No. I hope there is fire. I hope there is firing. Yes. And I don't really feel that there will be. I don't think they're going to fire him now either. I think him winning these two games will be enough for them to be like, we were in playoff contention until week 17. We were right there. You were not right there. The team sucks. They beat some incredibly bad teams in very bad ways to end the year and kept themselves around. They have been essentially eliminated forever. 
Did you just see the sticker that was on my shirt? You have a banana sticker. Uh huh. It was an apple. <laughs> it was an apple. I wanted to make sure nobody in my family ate it, so I took it off and put it on myself. They should fire me, and they should fire Dennis Allen. I'm going to put it on my wrist so I remember that it's on there. It's bad times in the uh, uh, over there. I don't. I I truly. There's some people who are still like holding out hope that they, like I guess if Tampa loses, the next two and certainly during that Tampa Cardinals game, people were tweeting about it. You know, like oh no, like I hope Arizona can pull this off. I was like, why? Why would you want to watch this team in the playoffs? Yeah. Why would you want to give this organization any sense of? patting themselves in the back and saying they did a good job this offseason. They didn't. They failed. It's terrible. They're very lucky they're in a dog shit division where any team can win it because they're all terrible. Carolina is probably has a, as good a chance as anybody to win the division. They literally traded their best player in the middle of the season <laughs> to intentionally lose. And they even that couldn't stop them from winning the division. You know, like even they're better than the Saints, you know? Like it is uh it's it's that bad. I want them to know it's bad. I want them to face the reality of it and move forward from there. Uh, so, yes, I will be. Uh, I want them to win when I'm watching the game Sunday. I would like the Saints to win. Mm-hmm. I cannot help that. That is a fact of just being a human being. Uh, but overall, I would like them to not make the playoffs. Yeah, I was watching the Tampa-Arizona game, and my girlfriend was like, just put us out of our misery. I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and it's it's surprising to me that anybody does. The people on the team don't. No. They don't want to be there. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Nobody wants to be They've there. clocked out. Marshawn Lattimore has like a stomach cramp. He's missed like 11 weeks in a row. Where is he? Nobody knows. There's no questions. Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> He's like on the sideline in a hoodie. He's probably 30 pounds overweight by now. Uh, nobody says a word about him. Michael Thomas. I mean, I guess that was a real injury. I Who? Have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way that things have really turned for this city. You tweeted earlier the ticket prices. Yeah. For the uh, Sixers game tomorrow. 40 bucks for nosebleeds? Yeah, the worst ticket in the building, which there used to be about 5,000 tickets you could get for like less than $5 in the building. Now you can't get one for less than $40. And for the Saints tickets, the Saints Popes are giving their tickets away <laughs> for free. I mean... No one is going to be at that Carolina game. Me and there some very will, young people. There's going to be a lot of janitors at large companies. <laughs> Who got those for Christmas? Yeah. There is going to be a ton of custodial workers. <laughs> a lot of receptionists. For, yeah. A lot of receptionists with their boyfriends. That's going to be that game. <laughs> their boyfriend's spending $175 on Bloody Marys. They should just go ahead and call it stepdad night. <laughs> It is going to be a bunch of weekend custody dads trying to get that free bobblehead of somebody who hasn't stepped on the field this year. The Jameis bobblehead. God, I hope that's what it is. Is Jameis Winston going to sue the Saints? I think he should sue them. <laughs> I th- this is what I unbelievably screwed up season for him, man. Nobody can take down the Saints, apparently. Not even Sean Payton. Not even Sean Payton. I know. So that's, I guess, his name's been back uh, in the rumor mill a little bit. He apparently has hired 
somehow a defensive coordinator. I forgot what the guy's name is, but he hired a defensive coordinator to be our, like someone who's agreed to be on his staff wherever he goes. And now it's like, it seems the most likely place he's going is back to the Saints. Oh, goodness. Like, all the other places don't really make sense, or they have owners that are too cheap to pay whatever he wants. The Saints will give him literally anything. And this is because he still is under contract by the Saints for... So any other team would have to trade him yeah. for the next two years. He obviously knows he's bad at TV, which, surprise, surprise, you're not that interesting. He was on the Christmas broadcast, which I thought was surprising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they gave him a really high-profile spot because they thought he'd be good. He is not good at TV. He's very bad at TV. And fact. it's ba- it's hard to be bad because they've got some real brain-dead mooks up there. <laughs> yeah, but they're likable brain-dead mooks. <laughs> Sean, Sean Payton is an un... To anybody not... Or affiliated with the Saints. Sean Payton is an unlikable D-bag. Oh, yeah. But here he's like a deified because and you And he's know, sitting he next won. to Terry Bradshaw. He's got like the cone on his head that you give a dog <laughs> after surgery. We're just acting like he's okay. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, all I don't guys, want him. I don't want him to be the coach of the New Orleans Saints again. I just want them to start over. I really would just love like a fresh start from every direction and whatever. Um, and then even if you suck, you can at least grade it on that. You're not like grading it against the past. Uh, and that's what I feel. But I don't think they're going to fire Dennis Allen. I think unless the Peyton thing comes together, which I could see them, you know, paying some exorbitant amount of money to get him back. Uh, and then, you know, the media here just lapping it up like, you know, a little puppy dog. Uh I could I could see that scenario unfolding very easily. If it doesn't and they don't fire Dennis Allen, uh, I, I think I'm done for a little bit. Is this going to be a situation where everybody just forgives and forgets? Or is it going to be like, you remember the TV show wrote a different Becky? No. And then like two seasons <laughs> later, the original Becky came back. Came back. <laughs> Those and Fresh Prince with Aunt Viv, right? They just changed Aunt Viv's halfway through. I think, yeah, but she didn't come back. <laughs> she didn't come back, no. The original Becky came back, <laughs> and it was very odd, and we just had to act like, well, yeah, she was a better Becky, yeah. but she left. <laughs> we have to live with the new Becky. Or get rid of Becky altogether. Yeah, or the, you know, just jettison her. Yeah. You know, kill her off. Like the cousin on the Brady Bunch or whatever. <laughs> I've only watched TV. I've only watched retro TV <laughs> and Nick at Night. That's all I got. Who? What? You find me another uh, New Orleans sports podcast doing Roseanne references and Brady Bunch references. <laughs> we got you. We got you. Oh my God. So yeah, I mean, we'll see you at the Saints this weekend. It is uh, a life or death uh, moment for them. They are very much, you know, the uh, single gladiator with 18 lions surrounding them in the middle of the coliseum uh facing the eagles on the road but hey they it's possible they survive uh i just wouldn't bank on it uh anyway then we will take a quick break we'll get back we've got jokes for you and a whole bunch of other fun stuff we'll be right back Pope and kush or you can read it i gotta read it for the jokes anyway oh I'm leaving all of this in. We're recording. Oh, good. Polk and Kush is brought to you by our sponsor, Crescent Canna, a New Orleans-based cannabis company. From their potent and effective CBD products to their best-selling line of legal THC gummies, 
All Crescent Canna products are federally legal, lab-tested, and registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. For immediate targeted relief for pain and inflammation, try their CBD Freeze Roller and CBD Recovery Cream. Made with premium CBD and soothing ingredients like eucalyptus and menthol, Crescent Canna's Extra Strength Topicals are some of the strongest and most effective CBD products you'll find everywhere. Saints legend Bobby Hebert loves them. That was brutal. And it said, Crescent Cannon CBD products have changed his life. Do I have to do it again? No, you don't have to do it again, but they're going to get mad at us. No, why are they going to get mad? I just screwed up the word everywhere. (laughs) It's a tough one. I am holding in my hand the Crescent Delta 9 THC Cannon Moon. This is the big boy, the pink lemonade. Hey, baby. I like whenever uh, my... uh, uh, you can't call them drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I like whenever my sweet medicine <laughs> is a, a flavor I could get at Sonic Drive-In. It is uh, very uplifting. Yeah. It feels lovely. Do you use the topical ointments? I've used it. And Do you mean you've been gay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love the freeze roller. I use it on my neck. Phenomenal. My neck sounds like a child with bubble wrap on Christmas morning. (laughs) This freeze roller makes it to where I can be a human. I can look both left and right, put it on, go outside when it's eight degrees. It feels amazing. Mm, That's some good stuff. That's what we all need in this life, really. And who would have ever thought in a million years the company that gives you the gummies with the THC is also the one that's going to cure your neck pain? This is a miracle company, folks. I think so. This, this is, is a- what Richard Branson was talking about. <laughs> when Jeff Bezos says that corporations are the ones who need to kind of lead the charge into the world, Crescent Canna has really started. They're improving every part of your daily existence right now. They have improved this part of Metairie quite a bit. <laughs> this this small part of this one block is much better off than it used to be. I took I took some of these to New York and it uh boy those Christmas lights. <laughs> if they were real, they looked incredible. They were dancing all over the place. I like to use these to relax. I don't do it. I gamble. Mm. And that's not relaxing. Yeah. Canamoons. Relaxing. Relaxing. Good point. I uh, very much, very much enjoy them. Uh, Give the gift of instant relief to yourself or loved ones with Crescent Canada's biggest CBD sale of the year. Get 50% off your order at CBD Topicals at CrescentCanna.com with the code KUSH50. KUSH50. Must have a CBD topical product in your cart for the discount to be applied. Oh, man. That, that was, was an ad read, that folks. That was a disaster. Yeah, it wasn't our best. <laughs> but you know what? We're having fun, and I think it's time we goof around with some jokes. Jokes! Here's your Why don't you start us off, Kush? Okay, so these are all written by Polk, just so you know in advance. I've never seen these before. Polk wrote these. They're all very, very funny, but I don't want to take any credit for the genius that comes out of this. Uh, Hooters, you hear about this? Hooters will be shutting down stores nationwide 
blaming declining sales and popularity on millennials not liking boobs. Huh. The chicken wing chain looks to relaunch in 2023 with a more millennial-friendly brand, Penisers. <laughs> a father from Alaska missed his potentially life-saving heart transplant after the airlines canceled his flight due to severe weather and the heart was given to the next patient on the list. The airline has vowed to make things right by giving everyone attending his funeral a $25 snack and beverage voucher. <laughs> Soccer legend Pele has passed away at the age of 82. That's a real shame. He actually passed away at 81, but received additional time for stoppage. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and read the next one? It's okay when people are really old and die. Yeah. You can make jokes the day of. (laughs) It's not making fun of him being... Exactly. I'm saying. (laughs) You can make a joke with him in it being dead. This is my point. A Denver man has been arrested and charged with hate crimes after yelling homophobic slurs at a couple filming themselves at an In-N-Out. The man tried to defend himself by saying, I only came here for the in. I didn't know about the N out. (laughs) George Santos, a congressman elect who came under fire for lying about being Jewish, is now being investigated for claiming his mother died in the 9-11 attacks despite her actually dying in 2016. Santos defended himself, claiming he's only under such scrutiny because he's a black woman living in America. <laughs> that guy's fantastic. When he said I'm Jewish, not Jewish, I loved every That's second so of that. so funny. He's like, you know, my grandmother's in the Holocaust, but I'm not a Jew. I'm Jewish. <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> sure. I think that's how they... Uh, you, can, you can definitely skate around that. He also... His... Uh, Oh, my God. I just deleted the frickin' email that you sent me with the thing. The wheels are falling off this podcast. Kush is so bad <laughs> at this podcast. You're so, you're so bad at this. It's gone. <laughs> God damn it. I have the technological savvy of, like, Pele now. A Christmas night brawl at an Austin, Texas Waffle House has gone viral, showing a table of customers attacking employees with chairs, coffee pots, and fists. I mean, honestly, fighting each other on Christmas night. What do you think this is? Waffle House? <laughs> I hope I don't delete your everything off your yeah. phone while I'm holding You call 911. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? Uh Brittany Griner is safely back in America after President Joe Biden negotiated a trade for her in exchange for the Russian merchant of death, Victor Bout, with many conservatives calling it a lopsided trade. But to be fair, I've never seen Victor sort of dunk every now and then. The Cincinnati Bengals had to make an emergency landing at JFK Airport on Christmas Eve when one of the engines in their airplane failed. 
The Bengals were successful in boarding a Delta flight to make it home safely, and the failed engine was immediately signed by Dennis Allen. <laughs> That's jokes, everybody. Those, those are very good. Thank you. Those are very, very good. I'm highly impressed. I always say that we're doing jokes. Yeah. And then write them after I like say publicly. Put the pressure on. Yeah. Yeah. Return of jokes. Very successful. Now let's talk about everything that's wrong in this goddamn place. That's right, everybody. Local Roundup. It's the It is You put past in a swamp and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. There's not much to say other than that everything's pretty bad right now. Yeah, I'm going to take a can of moon, actually. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, it's just, it's Christmas, all the shit's happening. Are you really, you're, yeah, cutting it up. I'm cutting it up. What do you, do how it. much do you take? Well, this one's huge. This one's crazy. It's like a pizza pie. <laughs> 25 milligrams THC. Yeah. And so I'll cut it into fours. That's and then I'll do like a quarter of it. That's where we're at. Live gummies uh, on your taped podcast. Uh, I, literally, I just want to go through the one thing today because this is all you really need to have. Uh, Latoya Cantrell putting up a tweet of her holding the hand of, a, uh, of the interim NOPD superintendent. And saying, you know, like, like they had just won the WWE championship. That's how they looked. Like they're holding each other's arms up in the air, proclaiming victory, smiles on their faces. I signed the deal and swore in Chief Woodfork, the first ever woman to lead the NOPD as interim superintendent. Smash cut to yesterday. There were nine shootings in 24 hours in New Orleans. There's like 300,000 people in New Orleans, probably less during Christmas. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> less now. <laughs> there were nine shootings. There was three downtown. There was one on Bourbon Street at two o'clock in the afternoon. And they're like, congratulations. We caught that guy. It was a. 2 p.m. on Bourbon Street. <laughs> no shit you caught him. The only place he could have been doing it that may have been an easier place to catch him would be inside the NOPD offices. <laughs> and even that is probably less populated than Bourbon Street is. It's crazy because, I mean, Bourbon Street was probably pretty packed, too. Sugar Bowl, people in town. Yeah. Just general christmas i always don't have anything to do i had friends that used to come into town for new year's eve yeah you know we'd go look at the fireworks do whatever yeah i don't really know anybody doing that too much anymore Mm, no uh to to champion how amazing your superintendent is performing whilst nine people are getting shot in uh, one day this isn't chicago there's not three million people here This is a tiny, tiny city for this amount of crime to be going on. And that's just the ones with guns. Every day there's hundreds of car break-ins. You cannot go anywhere. They said people come back from the cruise and they're uh, in the the parking lot 
and their <laughs> windows were busted in. It's like, what? I went on a cruise. I had to go deal with that slice of Americana on the on the cruise ship. And then I come back to my windows having been busted in for how many days, however long you were gone, you know, hanging out at Senior Frogs. And you end up back with no car window. And you got to drive back to Bossier City with yeah, no window. Exactly. It's like, this is. Uh, it's not just that it's bad. It's that there is feels like a very clear uh, ignorance of it from the people who are in charge of it. Yeah. I mean, at some point, the, the word is going to really get out to people that aren't watching the news, to people that aren't picking up papers, to people that aren't on social media. Yeah. And it's just, there's not going to be anybody here to support the only industry we have left. Yeah. That, and that's the point, right? It's Repairing like, windshields. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you own a glass company or, uh, or you're a personal injury attorney, that seems to be the two places to be uh, in New Orleans. Because everything else, I don't feel terribly optimistic about it. Or if you sell basketball tickets. That, that seems to be a good business right now as well. There used to be kind of a little grace period, it almost felt like. Like, oh, it's Christmas, you know. Nothing bad's going to happen on yeah. Christmas. Yeah. New Year's was always kind of a dicey roll. I wonder when the first murder of 2023 is going to be. Is it going to be at 1201? Yeah. 12.02? <laughs> it won't take long. There used to be a thing where, like, there was a notable dip in crime during Saints games. Mm-hmm. Because, like, now it, there's an uptick yeah. in it. Everybody's mad. Because <laughs> it was like, Oh, like nobody's on the streets during this time, or whatever. you know, it was like there was there was at least like I'm not saying there was justice, but there was a semblance of order to what was occurring in the level of street violence that was happening. This is just a shit show. It is like every argument just immediately becomes a shooting. Every uh, every conflict is ended with the same resolution, and then in between, there's just absolutely no care. For anybody else's property, we're just going to go break every break in every car and, you know, take whatever we want. And nobody's going to do anything about it. The judges aren't going to do anything about it. The cops, there are, number one, not enough of them. The ones who are there are terribly incompetent. And if they hired more, they would be incompetent and probably horrible um, to human beings. And so it's not like there's a real solution sitting out there that, like, you just turn the key and all of a sudden this is fixed. But they're not even turning the key. They're not even looking for the keys. The keys are to a U-Haul going to another city. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really, really goddamn annoying. And here's the thing is, like, like I said, I've been out like every night this month. I haven't felt a twinge of danger, despite the fact that I've been in a horribly dangerous place, but I'm just because so, you've been hammered. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just been doing that and <laughs> hanging out, whatever. And like, I've just been to these places all a lot of times and done what, and, and I don't feel it, but I know it's there, you know, like there was a, I could have gone like on a 0.3 mile walk down magazine street. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call an Uber. Yeah. I was like, I do not feel comfortable walking that at night at nine 30 at night which is crazy, and that's the kind of stuff where it's like that becomes really hard to live here through that, and then certainly people are going to stop visiting. When you have the choice of, like, where am I going to go spend, it's not like it's cheap to come visit here. No, it's not cheap to live here. It's not cheap to visit here. Yeah, every the you know everything's still expensive, just as it is anywhere else you go visit, and uh, when you have the choice between various places to go, 
the one where you're not going to get harassed or stabbed or anything like that. That seems to be the one you'll go back to again. Yeah, you're not going to get you're not going to get carjacked in Bentonville, Arkansas, <laughs> but you can see the world's biggest taffy pull. You could go to that fake Mayberry they made of the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> why, why come to New Orleans well, if you can go there? It makes you wonder, like, am I just becoming an old fuddy-dud Definitely. who's scared of everything? I think it's both. I think yeah. it's like this is as bad as it's ever been as far as just widespread crime. The murder problem was worse in the early 90s, but I don't think it was, like, as random as it's become. Uh, like, that thing in the middle of Burmese, that shit is not common during the day like that is crazy there have been shootings on bourbon street obviously but it is it is not that common and to have it happen in the middle of an afternoon is nuts yeah and it wasn't chewbacca no it wasn't it also wasn't just it wasn't a psychopath it was just a person you know just making a bad choice but that's what happens a hundred times a day here and then people get arrested. They turn around and they come out. There's all every day. There's a story about some mass murderer who just like, oh, they forgot when his court date was, so he just left and went home. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, got him. Uh, Meanwhile, I gotta pay a, ca- a camera ticket. Yeah, I got charged a hundred and ten dollars <laughs> for going thirty-one miles an hour instead of going thirty-one miles an hour. I could have just killed someone <laughs> and gotten off scot-free. <laughs> Uh yeah, I think the click it or ticket, <laughs> but you can stab. Yeah, exactly. Well, clicking the trigger yeah. of the gun, <laughs> <laughs> or you pay your tickets. Uh yeah, that's the choice right now. It is uh really maddening, and especially at a time where everything is so happy. And really, it has been a wonderful time in my life. The you know the to go through holidays with a young family and having friends around and everything like that. It, it is. It is so sobering to then every single time you look at any piece of news that's local, it's just this stream of like, holy crap, I cannot believe this is happening in such, you know, direct, like, and this is happening on people's front doors. You know, this isn't like they're just going out to the killing fields and shooting each other. This is, this is really in everyone's neighborhood where everyone is. There's really no part of the city that's totally spared from it. Uh, It's, it's really... They got to do something, but they can't do anything because they won't even address the concept that it's there. They're instead raising up the super, the interim superintendent's arm like she's Hulk Hogan in 1989 <laughs> and claiming her to be the champion because she's a woman. It's like, who gives a shit she's a woman? Nobody cares what the race, the they just people just want to stop getting murdered, right? Does anyone care what the race or gender of the police chief is? I guess someone cares. Quite possibly. <laughs> I'm just saying, wouldn't everyone rather have a good police chief than have w- pick whichever identi- identity factor that you want? I think when you uh, are the mayor of New Orleans, you have to pick and choose things you can say are positive. Yeah. Uh, because they're so few and far between. So knocking a couple first off the list. Great. Love it. Glad you're doing it. Is anything going to change? We'll see. Yeah. And that's not to say if they had hired the world's best police chief three weeks ago, that things would be better. Which is who? Deputy dog? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. That's like 
I agree, it doesn't matter. But don't tell me that this was some sort of, you know, momentous occasion for you because you hired some great persons. Like, you didn't. It's like, you know you didn't. I know you didn't because it doesn't matter. Like, who would take this job that has any brain in their head to say, like, oh, yeah, you know what I want to go do right now? Be the police chief in New Orleans. (laughs) That's terrible. There's no cops. And then when you finally do arrest the guy at 2 p.m. on Bourbon Street, he goes to the court system. They're like, well, he seems nice enough, you know? (laughs) The mayor's there, like, defending him in the box, you know? (laughs) I I mean, you cannot... uh, you, you truly, it, it is a no-win situation. Um, so, hey, at least, I guess, I guess hey, at least we're breaking some glass ceilings along the way. Well, if uh, other people have broken the glass ceiling of having a job in New Orleans in a high-level government position and having the exact same position in another city, yeah, maybe she can be a police chief in two cities. Yes, that, I think. <laughs> I think she can remote work as the yeah. police chief somewhere else, probably too. Uh, look, I still love living here. I love this city. Uh, I just hate everything that goes on inside of it. Yeah, that doesn't have to do with me. <laughs> like I, I love uh, my life here. Uh, unfortunately, everybody else's life seems to be getting in the way of impending. <laughs> I'd like everyone to prosper together. That would yeah. be better for uh, for all of us. And instead, it's like it feels like there is a very clear, uh, there's a, a a very significant problem that is growing, and that there doesn't seem to be anybody going like, "Hey, we need to stop this shit," or this is going to like not be reversible. And uh, that's depressing. Let's bring on our guests, Walton and Johnson. <laughs> At least the Pelicans are good. (coughs) This is Kush's last episode. I know. God, I've got the black lung. Look. He's deleted all the files. He's (laughs) coughing in my face. This... If you're, you're gonna have a heart attack, I know. I, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, well, I'm gonna fall asleep. I just saw the whale, attack. so I'm. I'm worried about you. Oh God, I. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. New Orleans is gonna survive for, in some way, shape, or form. It just seems uh, we need to get our shit together. Let's let's, let's get the bad people to stop doing shitty things and help everyone become a little bit. Uh, you know, this is terrible. I think we've got a New Year's resolution. <laughs> That's my campaign slogan right there. That's been Scott Kushner, everybody. Steam is shooting out of his ears. This is Polk and Kush, a silly, goofy podcast about sports and life in New Orleans. You know to rate. You know to subscribe. Check out Crescent Cannon. Check out DraftKings. Check out everybody. We'll see you next time. See ya.